my evil plan of overtaking you is slipping further and further away every day. I am more knowledgeable than you. <laughs> well, when you have all the information <laughs> on a paper in front of you, Google. Is if it amazing. were reversed and I were, I would be worse than Tom. <laughs> oh, she just said you were bad. Oh, I am bad at this. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, all right. I need to. I, I can't let you go a whole week. So I might switch to, out this. Even plant. if it's not me, Tom, one of us has to stump you today. So go ahead. What we'll do you have? See. I have an evergreen tree that ranges from 70 to 330 foot tall, (laughs) 8 foot in diameter. Its native range is western North America, and its wetland indicator status is facultative upland. Do we already know, friend? Do we have to ask any more questions? (laughs) No, but, you know, the thing is, no, our ahead, listeners, need, yeah, our yeah, listeners are going to want more information. All right. Um, questions. I, well, the one I was going to say: Do you have a? a actually, you know, now the more I think about it, there are a couple options there. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm trying to. How do I decipher out? Because they're both. Um, uh, my, <laughs> are you googling? I'm, I'm, no. I, no, just the botanical name for something. My 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 question is going to be: uh, Does does this plant have a color in its common name? <laughs> it does not. Okay, uh, oh. that's, All dude, right. that's <laughs> I don't even need to look up what I was going to look up. Um. Oh man. Um. What is the color of the needle? Mm, I don't have that. It, I, All right. Mm. I'm assuming it's coniferous and not broadleaf yeah. for that height. There's yeah. no needle color? Nope. No true color? Um, I wrote down. <laughs> this, uh, to follow up on my first. My first question, does the common name have a man's name? <laughs> it does. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't think we <laughs> – I yeah. think we both have yeah, this. So I just when you said the height I and said then Pacific Northwest. Um, that could be my question. I came that, to, the second yeah. question was really <laughs> – he asked it for me. I, I started thinking of Douglas fir, which I forget the, the botanical Pseudo Sugo Menziesii. Right. Yeah. You got it. Yep. I guess we both got it. We both stumped you. Eh. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Happy Hump Day. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And I'm Christine. And we are one step closer to overtaking the supreme evil. I've got my second one right, and I'm, yeah. uh, I've doubled my score. In, in <laughs> opening guesses, and I've I had had to ask some really tough questions yeah. to get it. I but. love that you <laughs> went outside the box. Like it wasn't like, "Hey, what kind of bark is it?" <laughs> or uh, today's plant is Pseudosuga menziesii, uh, which is Douglas fir, also known as Douglas spruce, Oregon pine, and Colombian pine. Um, as Christiane mentioned, it can range anywhere from seventy feet. To 330 foot tall and eight foot in diameter as a facultative upland wet, uh, wetland indicator status. 
The native range is western North America. It's an evergreen tree of the Pinaceae family, and it has flat, soft, linear needles resembling those of the firs occurring singly, then completely encircles the branches. Um, and we we kind of off air talked about the color. We we were in agreement that it's like a medium green, mm-hmm. like not not yeah. a dark green, but like a not super light either, like a medium green. Yep. Uh, and as the tree grows taller in denser forests, they lose their, lose their lower branches such that the foliage may start as high as 110 feet wow. off the ground. So, and, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, on mature trees, the bark is very thick and corky with distinctive deep vertical fissures caused by growth. I've never seen a tree, a Douglas fir, that big where it's – because they're common it, Christmas trees out east. They, so. you, you know, for us – it, it gets a little too hot. They tend to like that those yep. cooler temps. Yep. So when you do see them, it's like Christmas tree growers, or they they've been planted in more of like a mountainous area of this this place uh, or this side of the country. So you don't really see that type of growth. I've never mm-hmm. seen one that large. Yeah. yeah. So um, and then they're monoecious. Uh, it the it's non flowering. Um, the female cones are. Uh, pendulous with persistent scales. They have long, distinctive or distinctive long three-point bracts, which protrude prominently above each scale, and are said to resemble the back half of a mouse. Uh, and then, right light requirements for this plant are full sun. That makes sense. Uh, they regularly live over 500 years, with the oldest specimen living for over 1,300 years, which is amazing. But I guess to reach 330 feet, you kind of have to have a little bit of longevity. There's co-champions, which is amazing, uh, which would be Grace Harbor, Washington. Uh, the, which, the circumferences, I'm going to stop you. I can't read the chart. It's probably supposed to be inches. 581 inches uh, in circumference, 293.67 feet tall. And in Jefferson, Washington, 640 inches in circumference and 221 uh, feet tall. And it is the state tree of Oregon, which would make – which would yeah. make sense. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, this plant is susceptible to woolly conifer aphid, laminated root rot, shoestring root rot, red string rot, and Douglas fir beetle. beetle. Um, actually, an issue with the Christmas tree trade on the East Coast is these plants are getting uh, a couple different diseases that are making them shed their needles and uh, basically makes them unsaleable for Christmas tree. So a lot of people have stopped growing them because the, the countermeasure is to do like five or six applications of a – a preventative insecticide and it's aside from the 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 pesticide use aspect of it it just costs a lot to do that yeah and, and people send people out there actual material or chemical so they uh a lot of people are choosing not to grow them anymore but it is a favorite christmas tree it is in our area is it a not a favorite of mine i like the fraser fir yeah. personally yeah but i don't know and then um uh, they develop deeper tap roots dependent on soil moistness, and the uh, gelichid moths, uh, giant, Ch- the, the, the scientific name, um, Chinoides abella and uh, Chinoides paraculella. Paraculella. I got a nice voicemail from uh, <laughs> from Bill Young the other day yeah. saying how um, one of the things he appreciates about our podcast is we aren't know it alls. We, we mispronounce <laughs> stuff and and uh, and our regular people. We've gotten a lot of comments like that. So I would say Chinoides abella and Chinoides paraculella, uh, as well as the cone scale eating uh, tortrix moth, uh, Cedia illutana. And uh, have been recorded specifically on uh, Sadosuga menzii. 
How do you say that? Pseudosuga menziesii. Menziesii. I missed a a syllable in there. Uh, It is uh, host to Douglas fir dwarf mistletoe and epiphytes such as crutose, lichens, and mosses, which I I would imagine like with that kind of longevity and being in cooler temps would make sense. The foliage uh, will be eaten by uh, pine white butterfly larvae, silver spotted tiger moth larvae, and numerous other moths. Uh, Douglas fir pine leaves can be used to make pine needle tea. They possess a tangy citrus flavor and may serve in some recipes as a wild substitute for rosemary. That's pretty interesting. Now I got to try that out. Yeah. Uh, Some tribes use the foliage as a hygienic freshener in in sweat baths, and the leaves were used as a coffee substitute. Uh, the Comics have prepared dogfish by stuffing it with rotten, powdered uh, Douglas fir and placing it in a pit line with the same material. Now, I got to try that. I, it's, it's, yeah, that I, sounds I'm good. I'm looking at it. I'm <laughs> like, these are all possible. Like, I want to try the tea. I want to try the coffee substitute. Now, I got to try all of these. Yeah. And then the common name honors David Douglas, a Scottish botanist and collector who first reported the extraordinary nature of and uh, potential of the species. So, and I'm sure he was the first to ever saw seen it. He, no one else had seen this tree before. You know, the funny before thing the Scottish guy did. Had it not been for the Christmas tree trade on the East Coast, I don't know if if we would even be that familiar with this tree. Yeah. Other than no, people right. wanting to, we are in a lack of evergreens, and that's one mm-hmm. thing that people will try to put in their yard. Although they've yeah. learned that with the diseases here, because of the heat, that. They're they're often not very successful. I think the fact of people using spruces like Norway spruce and Colorado blues, like that's kind of kind of tapered off. It's not what it used to be here. Like you used to see a lot more of that, and and especially after Willie Adelgit with hemlocks kind of uh, took a hit. I don't know. It, it used to seem to be like a bigger nursery trade than it is right now. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. All right, you ready for some lightning round? I am. All right, hit us up, yo. True or false, the genus name means false spruce. All right. Which one of these is not a common use for Douglas fir? Hold on. I had to change my answer. Okay, for the first one. Good. Telephone poles, Christmas trees, paper, fine carving, or veneer? Which is not? Which is not. Telephone poles, Christmas trees, paper, fine carving, or veneer. Okay. True or false, the tree was used to build double-hulled canoes by Native Hawaiians. Okay. True or false, the thickness of the bark makes the Douglas fir the most fire-resistant tree native to the Pacific Northwest. And then tell me how the blue grouse use the tree. Little does Christiane know. <laughs> I've listened to tons of podcasts about the blue grouse. Like, really? I think I kind of know. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Tom's got the advantage on this one. I, I'm just. <laughs> I had a whole list of species, but I think someone might get mad if I asked for all four of them. Okay, go ahead. First up is false. uh, The genus name. It means false hemlock. It means false hemlock. All right. Um, It's not a true fir, spruce, or pine. Uh, True, false. The tree was used, or true, they used the logs 
excuse me. The third one was true. Uh, the Native Hawaiians used logs that had drifted ashore. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, nah. I was like, Hawaiians? Not even, no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is true. Um, it is most dominant in areas with a more frequent fire regime that suppresses less fire-resistant conifers. Do two next because I don't know what five is. I wrote something down, <laughs> yeah. so it's well. You're hoping I got I got five right, yeah. or you're. I'm assuming, assuming you got you it got right, and I got it wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, where are you both at? I only have one of them. I'm two yeah. for three. Yeah. Okay. Um, the paper is not a common use for Douglas fir. Okay, I got because that one they are not a true fir. Well, I am three for four. You're two for four. I am. I am one for four. One for four. So, so I so won. Fran this is going to win, win this one. regardless that I knew about. Yeah. Wow. So I think I know about the bluegrass. Tell me, Tom. How do bluegrass? I use put. It? Well, they they use it for habitat, and I believe they use it as a roost tree. Is I, that what you had? I put nesting. I put needles are the prominent spring food source. Oh, that makes sense. Too, yeah. Okay, so I got that one wrong. So yeah. three for five, and Tom was two. And, oh wait, uh, no. I one. wouldn't even give. I didn't. Right. I didn't pick needles. <laughs> okay, food, all right. So ah, I got one. I'm a little bit closer. I'm perfect today. Yeah. No, I'm not perfect. I got <laughs> two wrong, but I won both. So actually, not really, because Tom, Tom, and I both, <laughs> yeah, yeah. both won that one. So I get one there. All right, so. Are you putting this in your yard? No. Um, I, I have a lot of ones I haven't been putting in my yard recently. You've been saying no a lot. Yeah. Uh, saying no. I just, knowing from the Christmas tree business that there's just so many uh, diseases that are affecting these trees in our area, it's. Um, I don't think it would be prudent to do that. So I was just thinking, did I ever say I wasn't putting black walnut in my yard? I think I asked everyone else, and I never – I'm not, by the way, because yeah. it's too big and it's it, too many things not grown under it. Are you putting Douglas fir in your yard? I don't like conifers, so no. Oh, that's interesting. I have way too much needle cleanup yeah. or, like, fallout on the trees that are in my yard. I don't need more. But you don't have to clean up. Fran, <laughs> Fran, it's um, on my driveway. All right. <laughs> Um, I'm not putting it in my yard just for – I know it's not – it's really not suitable for our climate mm-hmm. and it would it would just be a failing – putting it in that position would open up too many uh, possibilities for disease and it's just not not what I'm – not what I'm going for. So mm-hmm. what? you're smiling. Tom. Oh, I got a message. I, I did save the day in the Lewis household. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, they had not listened to this week's episodes yet. Oh, okay. Um, and she's asking what happened. If it's a swear word, no worries. That is a topic of conversation lately in our house. No, <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, I don't know that they, they want to uh, have those. Yeah, so I'll, I'm yeah. going to head this off. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad you're yeah. able to do that. Um, all right, so we have one more episode this week. We will be back tomorrow for another episode. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.